Hello, all you lemon meringue pie asses. You're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, a local comedian, and I don't know if you know this, but screaming the word motherfucker and bitch loudly is inherently hilarious. With me, as always, is film critic Daniel Barnes. Hi, everyone. On this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them on our unique system. Run-of-the-mill bad film, we rated a dare. We give a double dare to those truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare, the hallowed, respected, worldwide, renowned, award-winning, Nobel Prize-nominated, James Beard Foundation uh, finalist, reverse dare for a despised movie that we think is actually pretty good today on the podcast we're reviewing the insane clown posse and big money hustlers we're also going to read some movie dare sent in by our listeners but before we get to that we're going to talk about the beers we'll be drinking during the show no beer for me during the show i've got a shot headed my way tomorrow so it's a dry week here at the barnyard however i do have one of my favorite mixers instead it's not any kind of craft beer mixer or anything like that. It's Bundaberg Ginger Beer, Australian family owned. And uh, it's just a delicious ginger beer. Usually I have this with uh, Great Dark and Stormy. For example, I might have it with the Patio 29 rum that we reviewed, I think, on the last episode. Um, but this is just delicious. It's a product of Australia. I don't know who owns it. Probably just some evil company up oh, yet, yeah, Halliburton. Uh, but it's absolutely delicious. <laughs> absolutely delicious. Corky, what do you got? Uh, you know what? I always like to tie my drinks to the movie we're reviewing, and since we're doing Insane Clown Posse movie tonight, I chose a Sudwerk Brewing Funhouse. Sure. And much like the Insane Clown Posse, you set your you set your ex- expectations very low, and you're still disappointed. Much like a Funhouse, uh, every Funhouse I've ever been into on the Carnival Midway. Also, the pairing I'm pairing this with a coffee, a pumpkin spice coffee I had laying around since fall. So an sure. apple cinnamon pastry sour beer paired with a pumpkin spice coffee from the fall is much like the pairing of Shaggy Two Dope and Violent J. <laughs> nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. Crack it open and tell us how that beer is, Corky. Oh, that's fruity and sour. Oh, I like I do <laughs> I, I like this beer much better than the movie. <laughs> there you go. Sued work. They do great stuff. They're there in Davis. They make great lagers, but they make great sours too. IPAs, the whole the whole deal. Go check them out. Corky, dares. Our listeners got them. We need them. They're our food. Yummy yum yum in my belly. This week's dare comes from a new donator. It is Gunner Pearson. Gunner Laid down some cash. Gunner is, this is actually, he's dared us to watch several films. We have yet to read one on the show. Huge oversight on our on our part. But suddenly, uh, you know, you throw a little coin onto the PayPal, the C's part. I mean, you talk about like cutting through the noise. It's like ka-ching. What was that? What was that? Prattle, 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 ka-ching. Oh, I heard that. Not to go too far behind the curtain, but Gunner laid down more than a little cash. Oh, yeah. No, he laid down, you know, pay, pay attention to me, cash. And we are <laughs> yeah. paying attention to you. Big money hustler cash. This is a, he, big money rustler's cash is what he laid down, <clears throat> Pearson. What do you got for his Gunner Pearson? He has a movie called 365 Days. What? Parentheses, Deadly Attraction? Mm. Uh, this movie is from 2011. It is not the 365 Days Netflix erotic thriller Fifty Shades ripoff that we reviewed earlier or, uh, last year in 2020. 
This one is from 2011. It was written and directed by Menati T. Ajayi. It stars Matt O'Neill, Jamie Bernadette, and Daniela Torchia. Why, Gunner, our new favorite person in the world, did you want us to watch 365 Days Deadly Attraction? He says, hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Gunner. See? Call back. The- Gunner, if you're a real fan of this, it's not the same, though. No, <laughs> it's again. not the same. Gavin, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't approve Dan doing that. Come back to us, Gav. This is steal Gavin's bit, buddy. Are you kidding me? That's the kind of cash that Gunner threw down. You get all the bits now. Uh, why? He says, hey, guys, did you know that there is another horrible movie out there called 365 Days? Well, now you do. 365 Days, renamed to Deadly Attraction by some distributors, is one of the strangest bad movies you will ever see. And much like that other 365 Days movie you guys watched, the leading man in this movie is the worst person ever. Ah. I think the director was going for a ripoff of American History X, but failed due to a combination of horrible dialogue, terrible pacing, non-existent character development, and the most inconsistent tone I've ever seen in a movie. Be prepared for domestic abuse and incest, the movie. I am so sorry. And now, our feature presentation. Big money. Hustlers. This movie was dared to us by Mr. Positive Wolfie T, who also dared us Norbit and is a great follower on the social meds, the Schmeeds, aka. Absolutely. His dare came to us for Big Money Hustlers as such. He says, listening to your episode on Cool as Ice inspired me to offer up a dare featuring a pioneer music duo. Big Money Hustlers is an homage to black exploitation films of the 70s, starring the insane clown posse in full makeup. The film features violent Jay as a crime boss who just wants his motherfucking money with Shaggy Too Dope as a master detective hot on his trail. The rest of the class cast includes Twisted, The Misfits, Harlan Williams, Mick Foley, Porn Stars, Rerun from What's Happening, and the ghost of Dolomite, Rudy Ray Moore himself, along with other random members of ICP's record label. In the immortal words of at superhuman1234, this is all for my juggalos and juggalettes. Whoop, whoop, fuck this shit. <laughs> I take umbrage with one part of his dare. He does not say that he wants his motherfucking money. He says that he wants his motherfucking money. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> and we'll get into it, but Shaggy D- <laughs> Too Dope is never really hot on his trail. He's... He fucks around for the majority of this movie. The IMDb synopsis for Big Money Hustlers. It's New York City and the crime lord Big Baby Sweets has got NYC around his finger. The NYPD is helpless, so the chief sends out for Sugar Bear, a 70s dolomite-worshipping rhyming super cop from San Francisco, to stop Big Baby, his magic ninjas, Hack Benjamin, Jump Steady, and his two sidekicks, Big Stank and Little Poot, with the help of Officer Harry Cox. You did a great job with that, considering that I copy-pasted that directly from IMDb, and they misspelled San Francisco, yeah. shipping several things, and then have a parentheses with no in parentheses, and that's what is on the official IMDb page. Also, I'm pretty sure Jump Steady is Jump Steady, like it's J-U-R-N instead of J-U-M. They're just all fucked up on this. Yes, this week's movie is Big Money Hustlers. It was directed by... John Caffiero, his first film, if you can believe it. What? Stars, yeah, no, right? Uh, the, the chops of a seasoned professional. The movie stars Violent J and Shaggy Tudope of the Michigan Horrorcore rap group 
Insane Clown Posse. Many bargain basement star cameos are in the film, as uh, was mentioned in the synopsis there. There is no Rotten Tomatoes page for Big Money Hustlers. I don't know if anyone's ever reviewed this movie ever. This might be the first time anyone's ever give it any, given it any serious thought. There is a Rotten Tomatoes page for Insane Clown Posse's 2010 follow-up film, Big Money Rustlers, but I think that just speaks to the enduring power of the Western genre <laughs> uh, as a means of examining our American mythology, uh, which is as good a fucking reason as any. I don't know. Why? Why? I don't know. No box office mojo page. It was released direct-to-video. No Metacritic page. Very little information at all about this movie. Here's what we know. Budgeted at 250000 by Island Def Jam Records, their, their record label. Uh, quickly went over budget. The crew went on strike twice. Violent J of the ICP had to kick in his own money. Released July 18th, 2000, direct-to-video. According to the Wikipedia page, the film debuted at number one on Billboard's top music videos chart, and was later certified platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. What? It is a movie. What? <laughs> I thought like Juggalos and Juggalettes are they seem to have a tenuous grip on reality. Uh, it was apparently inspired by by films like I'm Bowded and Big Ballers, which were really low budget independent DTV star vehicles that really didn't care how bad they looked or sounded. Uh, it also takes its cues from gross-out comedies, black exploitation, parody films, other things like that. Corky, yeah, I don't have any critics for you to fight. True, we're fighting ourselves with this one. Okay, um, and just a peek behind the curtain. I I had no idea what to expect coming into this. Okay, into this film, M- my knowledge of the Insane Clown Posse. Is, is basically just droplets of cultural osmosis. As you said earlier, I have never sought them out or wanted to so- seek them out. I know they exist. Yeah. I know they're from Detroit. I know they wear clown makeup. Their fans are called Juggalos. They had a feud with Eminem, I think. Uh-huh. That's about it. I've never heard a l- song or a lyric or I don't know albums. I don't know who the people in the group are. This movie could have gone a lot of ways for me. <laughs> and I have to say, it was nowhere near as bad as I feared, just because it finally it landed pretty quickly in a in an area that I understood at least. I could wrap my fucking head around it, which was what I wasn't sure I would be able to do going in. Corky, this movie, you want low bar going in. Did it hurdle the bar or did it crash into the bar? It ran full speed at the bar with no care if the to go over or under the bar. It just ran into the bar. Like this movie's going to do what they're going to do. That's that's the ICP is like the Joker co-opting black culture. Yeah. With less shame than the actual Joker. Right? Like it's, these guys did just have no shame. They don't care how bad they are. They're going to do what they're going to do. Absolutely. And what they do, they don't want to be anything but sophomoric. No. It, it is incredibly sophomore. Yeah, I had a really low bar, and I I would lower the bar going back in if I would say you guys even lower, <laughs> even lower, even lower. I don't know. My I, again, I really I had no idea what they were. Really, like I just know it was some kind of horror rap shit, and then they dress like clowns. But I'm like, how seriously do they take this shit? As it turns out, not fucking at fucking all. That, I guess, was maybe just the relief of it for me. It was just like, uh-huh. okay, these guys don't take this shit seriously at fucking all. And and it just, it like I said, 
it landed in an area where I was like, I can the, the idiom is familiar. It's a black exploitation parody. It's a gross out comedy. It's a low budget, horny boy kind of comedy. And yeah, it's like lazy, sloppy self indulgence. Is it bad? Yes, it's very, very bad. It's very, yeah. very bad. But it was so much <laughs> not as bad as I had feared. Like I said, I could wrap my fucking head around it. There's this whole fourth wall breaking kind of strain to the film that, that kind of puts it in the same sort of area as like an I'm going to get you sucker or airplane where they're kind of doing some genre parody. There's some of that. There's just, it's incompetent and it's low budget and like it's self-referential. It's a fans only kind of film, you know. Um, what's also weird is there's no real music in it either. Well, you said you never heard an ICP song. I don't know if you noticed that you were listening to the ICP song Cotton Candy at the strip club, uh, <laughs> where Cotton Candy is a euphemism for a woman's vagina. Sure. Uh, or pubic hair. I, I, can't, I couldn't tell which. The subtlety of the ICP lyrics, I clever could not stuff. make it up. It's clever yeah. stuff. <laughs> Um, but I, as I was watching, there were several points where I was like, you know what? I bet Dan likes this. I bet Dan is going to appreciate this. Let's not it, say that I liked it because <laughs> this was bad. This was bad. It's just like thing. my it was my expectations were on the floor. Right. So so it, it was not a high bar to hurdle at all. Um, I don't know. It's uh over the last year, I watched a, a fair amount of like Russ Meyer movies. Like right when the pandemic started, and I realized I could just watch whatever the fuck I wanted. I was like, "Well, I'm going to watch some old Russ Meyer movies that I've never seen." And these movies are kind of similar in the sense that they are very sophomoric. There is just gratuitous violence and sex all over the place. But like Russ Meyer movies are like dangerous, right? And they show mm -hmm. that you could be like a sex and violence movie. You could be gratuitous exploitation, but also be interesting and dangerous. And this is so not dangerous because it's just dumb. Like it's yeah. so dumb, but it's also like, so again, it, it does, it takes itself so unseriously that I, I can't get too mad at it. So I, I appreciated that. Oh, let's get into it. Big money hustles. Island Def Jam presents big money hustles. We open on a funeral at an inner city church and the fisheye lens, it gets a workout right away, right away. Do they love that fisheye lens? Holy crap. And do they love it when people stick their face right into the fisheye lens and start yelling at the camera? Yes, they do. I think you were misled that this is Dan, this is not a church. This is some office, uh, some downtown building in New York that they can rent for the day. That's what, they, that's where they faked this church. There's no Absolutely. pews. There's just rows of chairs. <laughs> that's the budget we're working on they they got an outside shot of sub church uh yes. no permits right. i'm sure but uh yes the the interiors are um they are not great they are not great nope. uh the age of innocence this is not so, <laughs> <laughs> so there's this money hungry preacher your stereotypical money hungry uh, preacher he is talking about another sacrificial lamb, and in the crowd is one of our protagonists. This is who is this? Shaggy Two Dope. Shaggy Two Dope. Sugar Bear, uh, and he starts narrating, and he says, "He was my homie. Why is it always got to be about some bitch ass money?" So Sugar Bear is dressed like a pimp. And speaks mm -hmm. in rhymes, a la Dolomite. But he also is wearing full clown makeup, which is like an insane clown posse thing that they they wear these this full clown makeup on their faces. And 
the other protagonist who we'll meet in a second, Big Baby Sweets, is the other member of Insane Clown Posse. He's wearing clown makeup. They're the only two people wearing clown makeup. And the yes. like the joke of the movie, I, I don't know if you want to even call it that, is like they're the only two people doing it. No one is like, why are you wearing clown makeup or anything like that? But then no one says, why are you doing anything? Everything is just nonsense. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm okay with that just being the reality of this movie is that t- – it's a good bit. I gotta yeah, say. I mean, I'm I'm actually okay with that. So next, we do meet Big Baby Sweets. He is a, a crime lord, also in clown paint, and his goofy henchmen, Lil Poot and Big Stank. Corky Poot and Stank. Do they do shtick? Would you say they? Stank. Would you say that they do shtick? This is so. This is this movie. This is why I can't take this movie. <laughs> I can't give it credit because they play off Putin Stink as these suburban white oh, kids yeah. who uh, grew up and now put on this thug act, mm-hmm. as if that's not insane fucking clown posse right. themselves. <laughs> you don't get to mock that when you are that. But that's the thing about the, and that's why this movie is so like kind of non-threatening and semi-amusing almost. Is that like they they seem well aware of that? They seem well aware of that. There's a scene later on where uh, uh, Sugar Bear is riding in his car and he's talking about like the harsh streets, and you see he's just driving through yeah. this affluent suburb. Like they yeah. get it, they get it. But like, I'm not saying it's funny or good or anything. No. But I, I don't think that they're clueless about that that element of their. Appeal. It also takes so fucking long, like these scenes with oh, with Big Baby me? Sweets. It just goes on and on and on. Yeah, and there's a lot of that ready to rumble shtick where it's just yeah corny white guy dancing is supposed yeah. to be funny. Poot and Stank are just, they are, they are the fisheye lens heroes of this movie. Them and Big Baby Sweets. They are constantly just like mugging for the camera. Uh, mm-hmm. So in this scene, they shake down an old woman uh, and Big Baby Sweets, uh, this is the first time we hear his repeated refrain throughout the movie, which is some variation of, nothing comes between me and my motherfucking money. Pretty much just like that. That Some variation on that is said, I would say, three to four dozen times. <laughs> the the, the word motherfucker and the word bitch. Are, there's a, they set the bland speed record for how many times they say those words. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, like Wolf of Wall Street did. And also like Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> they snort some of that premium Detroit shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the scene ends. So we cut to a police station where... One of the jerky boys is admiring his ass in the mirror. It's so weird, these scenes. It really is, because there's like, there's obviously some kind of improv going on. Um, but uh, I mean, it, it's just, it's pretty dead. Um, but yeah, John G. Brennan of the jerky boys, he's the hard nosed sergeant. He's fat. He's always admiring his ass. Eating he's donuts. always saying fuck and bitch and eating donuts. And basically doing jerky boys kind of bits. Calling people slappy ass and that kind of stuff. (laughs) Exactly. And he always has like just disgusting food all over his face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, he's the hard-nosed sergeant. In bust Sugar Bear, who we first met at the funeral, uh, who he says is sweet and fuzzy like a pear. So I don't know what kind of pears they're eating in fucking Detroit, but I would worry about that. Um, We learn about sugar bear that he took on the frisco cartel single-handedly he got stabbed in the balls ass and face and he swallowed a grenade so that's his backstory so he speaks in 
I thought that was a pretty funny bit. Just it all was. the shit he did. I heard you did this. I did this. He yeah. He speaks in rhyme all the time. Yeah. But his dialogue, he pre- <laughs> he delivers his dialogue better than he actually raps. Which mm-hmm. and it's weird because they're both rhyming. The yes. blocking in the scene fucking blew my mind. Sugar Bear comes into the room, sits down across the desk from the chief. All that happens as this whole scene goes on is that the chief gets up, looks in the mirror, admires his ass. Sugar Bear gets up out of his chair, and then they switch chairs. Like, right. They were like, we need some movement in this scene. Why don't you guys just switch chairs? Actually, that, fuck that. Nobody said anything on set about, no, you know what? Just this like, this feels just, natural. <laughs> just go with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Sugar Bear's rhymes do not convince me that Insane Clown Posse would be good at rapping. <laughs> but at least we're going to we're going to delve into some subtle just some just, just some nuance some sure. finely nuanced humor delivered That's why you by one Harlan Williams. Harlan Williams. You <laughs> yes. just know. You know you're like oh this is going to be a subdued performance. Yeah, absolutely. He's officer Harry Cox. That, what? Um, and his bit is that he's a coward. He's useless as t- tits on a what the fuck did he say? Fucking whatever. He's he's garbage. He's a coward. He's a useless cop. But every all the other cops in town are corrupt. So none of them can help Sugar Bear take down Big Baby Sweets, which is his mission now. All right. So that's that's where we're at. But first, we got to go to the Donut Hut. So we're at the Donut Hut. The Misfits are at the Donut Hut along with Harry and Sugar Bear. Uh, Harry Cox starts talking about some of the bear, some of the donuts. Um, this is obviously some some uh, semi-amusing uh, improv going on here, where he calls the donuts. He starts making up donut names, and he calls them fallopian fruit flippers. Yes, right. <laughs> Chinese bottom waxers and that kind of stuff. Yeah, the, I did not laugh at the donut prop comedy. That thank you. Several more minutes. There's like use it as three, a three hours of donut who's line. It's just <laughs> the fucking worst. And Jerry only has to sit there and watch this. Jerry only from the Misfits has to sit there and watch this. <laughs> so suddenly... This is the second movie in like three weeks with a man in a really bad suit. A man in a gorilla suit with a Rasta hat robs the store. Um, Harry Cox hides because he's a coward. But Sugar Bear just goes to him and says, fuck this guy. I don't care if he's one of Big Baby Sweets. This man in a gorilla suit is his man. Ape Boy, I think they call him. Uh, he takes him out with a wrestling move, which I guess that's another insane constant posse thing. Yeah, I, d- not surprising that wrestling is a big part of their live shows and that kind of thing. <laughs> So we go now to Big Baby Sweets. Uh, actually, an MC announces Big Baby Sweets. Uh, He's an holding MC Dan. That's yes. Uncle Floyd. Finally, some talent showed up in this show. <laughs> Uncle Floyd was a, like a local New York TV legend. Had a great syndicated sh- variety show, and you know, reached his apex here. <laughs> right, big money hustlers. So, so he announces Big Baby Sweets at an evil guy meeting that he's holding. Now settle in for a while. Because this scene never ends. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> this scene never fucking ends. COVID will we, end before this scene does. Holy fuck. We mean a priest at one point and suddenly Michael Fassbender sits down and starts talking about the IRA for a half hour. Like, I swear, <laughs> this scene goes on so long. <laughs> holy fuck. But first we meet Hack Benjamin. Mm. 
the personal security ninja of Big Baby Sweets. And he is just dressed all in like tactical gear, head to toe. Did you get I, – I really think S. Craig Zoller did <laughs> drag across country based upon this design. <laughs> so in this scene, Big Baby Sweets – He's basically talking straight to the camera. There's uh-huh. a lot of like asides to the to the viewer here as well. Um, screaming money a lot. And one by one, he introduces this organization of bad guys. And then one by one, he demands his money from them. I mean, it goes just on so long. So amongst the group is there's um, a guy who is like a gold guy. He steals gold. Green Willie. Counterfeits gold. There is... Um, I think this was the other one of the Jerky Boys, okay. right? It's this television. No, no that's not Kamal. Kamal oh, is okay. in the movie, but um, so there's Green Willie, then there's Zazad, I think his name is, Rerun, Fat Titty Kitty, and uh, the priest. Father Duckett. Father Ducky. Oh, Duckett. Oh, like money. Okay. Gotcha. And Rerun from What's Happening. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. no, but he's Bootleg Greg in this he's movie. Bootleg like, Greg. There's some reason they couldn't say Rerun. <laughs> They even make a joke about it, like he says rerun, and then he looks at the camera like, "Oh, I can't, I can't do what's happening, shtick. I'm bootleg Greg." Right, <laughs> got it. Um, oh yeah, I mean, it just goes on so long. I can't even describe how long this goes on. The other, the the one other bad thing about this movie that, or a thing that strikes me bad about Insane Clown Posse, and and from what I know, as much shit as I give them for their music, they're not bad guys. They use the Juggalos for positive they donate to several charities they do good things with their concerts and their organizations that's from as far as i know which is surprising when you see the what they put out (laughs) but there's like this really it's almost race racist some of this stuff Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the part where he's talking to the zazad guy the guy who's like trying to sell the infomercial stuff and he's like calling him scheming avaricious greedy uh, you know, hoarding money, you know, it felt like that gif from 30 Rock where it's like, just say Jewish Jack, this is taking too long, you know, <laughs> it's like, that's what you're getting at. You've got an Israeli man who's very all into money, tries to rip you off, mm-hmm. give you fake checks and that kind of stuff. There's just like this real small, like even the ape hat, he's wearing a Rasta hat, eight boys wearing a Rasta hat. There's like this really tiny racial, racial thing going on. Oh, I mean, it's not even that tiny. I mean, the whole bit <laughs> is being white guys who are pretending to be black guys, right? Like, that's yeah. the whole fucking bit, really. I mean, again, yeah. Don't condone it, by golly, but I got to think that they're aware of it. I mean, at least their their bit is just being, like, a thing that your parents would look at and be like, what the fuck is happening to me? They've been around kid. for 30 fucking years. <laughs> Which is, that's why. 30 goddamn years of ICP. Woo. Woo. What a time to be alive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Miss Fat Titty Kitty. Fat Titty who, Kitty gets uh, it. Gets called bitch to her face like several times. Sure. But not before she pulls out her breasts, mm-hmm. which you're just like, mm-hmm. that's necessary. That had to happen. Pulls out her breasts at this meeting and then gets shot. She gets shot. Uh, bootleg Greg also gets shot. Um, people just get shot willy-nilly. Yeah. Again, this the movie is just uh, gleefully offensive. Um, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, it is, it is well aware of all of this stuff. Um, so but now do we you cut- think, do you think it's well aware? Like we know that this is taboo or they're just like, no, this is what we enjoy. Ooh, 
I don't know. I'm not going to parse intent. Well, okay. We'll get maybe when we get to the sex scene. <laughs> oh yeah, I did not enjoy that. Uh, yeah, we go to the strip club. Now Sugar Bear is at the strip club. There's someone in disgusting old man makeup. I don't know. Was this one of the insane? That's Kamal. Yeah, yeah oh, that's he's okay. playing Kissel. Ah, got it, got it, got it. Um, so there's several strippers, but out walks in a, uh, this very obese woman. There's also a, a big Asian man reaction. I mean, that's just, sure. again, that's hilarious just to have an Asian man react to things. Classic bit. Um, he calls this woman every man's fantasy. And then there's a lot of like just really dumb ass food stuff. He buys her a slice of pizza. That's how he like flirts with her. Sure. And this leads to a sex scene where he keeps feeding her during the sex scene. And there's just like nonstop POV fisheye thrusting shots. Oh yeah, the sex scene. Yeah, it just so it just goes on and on. That bar, that bar slash strip club, yeah. was obviously <laughs> the corner of a warehouse, an empty warehouse in New York. Then it reminded me of Deadfall of the outdoor malls air set that was obviously indoors right. Right. inside some studio. This one reminded me of like, oh yeah, in this corner of this warehouse, that's the bar. That corner with the the, the glitter and the uh, what's that, uh, stuff, tinsel hanging down. That's the strip club. It's just so bad. Yeah. They go back to her apartment. He absconds with her. And this is where I was like, okay, cool. You know, this woman, a uh, large woman, she's the object of his affection. She's getting naked. She's down with it. But then there's the, she's eating fucking ho-hos and ring-dings yeah. and stuff while they're, while they're screwing. And it's mocking. It's more mocking than uh, celebrating. Yeah. I mean... I'm not going to defend anything about this movie on a moral grounds or ethical grounds because, like, that's just exactly, like, what the – like, you're just falling right into the trap of it, right? Like, they want any, like, person over the age of, like, 30 to just be, like, do you realize you're being offensive with this? Like, yes, yeah. they fucking do. That's all, guess, That's their whole fucking shtick. That's, like, but, going up to, like, the ghetto boys. Like, do you realize, young men, what you're saying – Come on. I do, ghetto boys are way more intelligent than the insane the, cloud Yes, posse. the ghetto boys are better. That's not what my point is, Corky. What I'm saying is like John Waters, I don't really care for John Waters stuff, but I think he's at least an artist who understands what he's doing. He's offensive. These oh, guys, absolutely. These guys don't have that kind of – they're just like, no, this makes – that. I would laugh at that. Exactly. And they're putting that up. Yes. They're just putting out the dumbest fucking thing. They know what they'll laugh at, and they know what their fans are going to laugh at, too. Again, yeah. this is a fans-only movie. This is not like, <laughs> let's make a, a, a broad appeal, like, insane clown posse movie. There are, like, direct references only for fans. The whole Fago thing. Yeah. That's, like, a big insane clown posse thing where he's at the bar, and he orders Fago instead of it. Well, I just, I don't know. I, then that surprised me that they toured it to Cannes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> It playing the director's Fortnite? Really? Really? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, after the sex scene, Harry cut. Well, during the sex scene, mm. intercut with all of this fish <laughs> I left. Thru- oh, like it goes on so fucking long. There's a like, scene seriously. of the bad guy shooting at stock footage of a baby deer for some reason during the sex scene. That was bunnies, wasn't it? No, it was deer. Oh, okay. okay. Little tiny deer. Oh, okay, cool. Um, that's just what bunnies are. That's what I call <laughs> So anyway, Harry Cox calls Sugar Bear and he tells him Big Baby Sweets and his gang are tearing the city apart. I did, uh, he springs I did. into action. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off. 
I actually there was a couple of laughs here. Firstly, Me he springs too. into action, and um, as he jumps out of bed, there's a shot of him walking from behind, and it's just this like super muscular Lou Ferrigno ass. That like, part cracked me up. Yes, it also cracked me up when Hack Benjamin. You see Hack Benjamin standing on the New York docks, and he just shoots a like rocket launcher, and then stock footage of a housing project crumbling down. It cuts back, <laughs> and Hack Benjamin just kind of like gives a like a yes, I did it. Just like <laughs> just what the fuck. <laughs> But I actually kind of laughed at uh, Harlan Williams yelling, Honk if you love yeah. sweets! That was the, the one for Honk! <laughs> you over there, honk, you fucker! <laughs> All right, so Sugar Bear f- uh, goes to Big Baby Sweets. He's going to take him down. He's bringing him in. Uh, he finds Big Baby Sweets and his boys all in bed together, ready to, I guess, have sex with each other. Um, they all get taken in and thrill and uh, grilled in the police station. Big Baby Sweets is on his throne in the police station. I didn't understand these scenes as unsuccessful. Some it seems really successful, but they just they all have to be released, so they're all released. This movie just has its logic is just like whatever is whatever, like it's a movie and we can do whatever the fuck we want. Um, so we go now back to the evil headquarters and now big baby sweets and hack take out the rest of the villain. We have another evil guy meeting. Everyone sits in the same spot, takes out everybody else who wasn't taken out on the first evil guy meeting scene. And big baby sweets says we must summon the magic ninjas. Yep. And so they do. And so they do. Do, So do you think they had a script where they're like, okay. This is where the magic ninjas part comes in because that's going to – or they were just like on set. They're like, you know what would be funny if we just had magic ninjas? It, I can't even imagine what they was thinking with this. It's just like this whole like magic ninjas thing is so inessential. To like, not because <laughs> well, it's no. essential, but like this is really inessential. It really pays off. I mean this was <laughs> – this was critical. <laughs> this is the uh, Butch Christopher Walken uh, watch was up your dad's ass scene. It shows you why the pathos. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but the plan now is because Sugar Bear is fucking with my money. They plan to take <laughs> out Sugar Bear's girl, the stripper. The stripper is, of course, lured with food, plates of food like hot dogs and pizza left on the floor. Right. And then magic ninjas just appear behind her because they're magic ninjas, remember? And they just slice her up. It's a pretty graphic scene of blood splattering (laughs) against the wall. Everywhere. Um, So they leave and the ninjas, blood-covered ninjas, just pass Sugar Bear in the stairwell who doesn't notice. And then he walks in. There's a whole like slow mo screaming scene, and then he just eats her Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, it's really fucking dumb. Like it's just dumb. That's and the thing. Is, it's not like, like it's no. It's too stupid to be offensive. Like really, it's just <laughs> so. It's, it's too stupid. Like really, I I can't. How can anyone possibly be offended by this? Honestly, it's just you're more just. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed <laughs> in you, boys. <laughs> like that's not you you men who dress I, up like clowns i thought I, I you know i expected a little better from you i thought you were gonna do an emmett kelly kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> all right so cut to two weeks later sugar bear has lost it all sarge comes over he's snorting coke now uh the sergeant says you don't even fucking rhyme anymore like he's <laughs> that was rhyming. funny uh, he calls him a sad sorry ass dolomite wannabe 
which is the first, I think, explicit mention of Dolomite in the yeah. movie. And then yeah. suddenly the ghost of Dolomite pops off of the human tornado poster and starts talking to Sugar Bear. Yeah. Um, we, he kind of start... peps him up a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, tells him he's, you know, acting like a bitch. Um, in the middle of this, he gets a call that Harry Cox was kidnapped. And so now we go into this like training scene with Dolomite. Right. Um, set to human tornado. Set to the human tornado song. And Dolomite is just like as uh, as Sugar Bear is training, wearing cutoff shorts, <laughs> this like ridiculous furry chest hair kind of thing on his on his chest. And his full clown makeup, of course, yeah. right? Dolomite is riding in a car with women doing Dolomite lines. <laughs> Honestly, he's just saying, like, put some weight on it and do it other Dolomite lines. Um, and, and doing Dolomite stuff, like, I, as we all know from a Dolomite movies, feeding a young woman a cheap, the cheapest hot dog you've ever seen <laughs> while he's fucking shivering, freezing. Like Rudy Ray Moore was in his sixties at this point, and that man was just cold on that set. Oh, absolutely! And I think put a uh, jacket say, on him. They say at some point, like he lives in Las Vegas now. I'm like, wow, if that was true, they brought him out to like Detroit for the winter. To, like, <laughs> like, holy shit! Oh, anyway, uh, it's I don't know. It's a not the worst scene in the movie. Um, but Sugar Bear has got his mojo back. He gets his badge back. And he's back on the case. And this is where we meet Corky, Dr. Dinglenut. Yeah. He, stupid, he, stupid, stupid. He, he played movie. several characters throughout the movie that yes. I didn't care about. No, right. Yeah, he's been sort of following, following Sugar Bear throughout the movie as these other characters. He was like the bartender at the strip club. He's been a couple of other things. Uh, he's been trailing him the whole time. And he's been learning about him, and he's been learning about the villain. So he shows him all this, uh, you know, he's basically like, uh, what do you call it, Q, right? In the yeah, James right. Bond, you know. So he's showing him all the gadgets and stuff. So he shows him the ninja detector gun, which will just remove the ninjas from the movie, and tells him about Hack Benjamin's weakness, gives him a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? Is like, what? And then uh, he finds out the budget ran out for Dolomite. So he's got to go on this one. So question, why didn't the Doc Dinglenut just give him these things all along? Like, he just (laughs) gets rid of these characters. (laughs) Problem solved. Hack Benjamin's gone. So first the ninja gun, which is just, you just have a gun, you fire it anywhere. And it just kills the ninjas. (laughs) Was the ninja shitting, like, in a really disgusting bathroom? One of them is shitting, yes. Yeah. One of them has his whole face full of Chinese food, of really disgusting mm. Chinese food, I should <laughs> right. say. It didn't look appetizing at all. Yeah, like everything is just just but gross th- and dumb. This is where the movie lost me because real ninjas, especially magic ninjas, they don't shit. They've trained their bodies. So, yeah, uh, the magic ninjas were totally unnecessary to the movie. This movie's 97 minutes long. You're just like, oh, the magic ninjas, you're at 82. Fuck it. Boom. <laughs> Easy, easy peasy. Oy, uh, so uh, Sugar Bear also takes out some guy who is, I called him Gun Dick Guy, because he's like um, kind of filleting the gun. That's Kamal. Tonguing. Oh, that's also Kamal. Okay, yeah. so he's like tonguing the gun a little bit, and he's jack- pretending the gun's his dick and jacking yeah. off the gun. Uh, so he's doing some gun prop, gun dick prop shtick. Or he's a, he's a member of the NRA. <laughs> Political. Oof, edgy, edgy stuff. Um, Hack Benjamin gets the drop on Sugar Bear, but Sugar Bear 
just pulls out very slowly pulls out his whistle and whistles and then hack's head blows off kaboom mm-hmm. and the fact benjamin there's also a, a magic button of some sort. I don't I don't know what the magic button was or when it was introduced, but there's just a magic button. So someone presses the button because Poots and Stank are are in there. We've not talked about them that much, but Poots and Stank get a lot of fucking screen time. Yes, yeah, they they're do. So annoying. Ever, I mean, as as over the top as the insane clown posse are, Poots and Stank could <laughs> just. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where I I felt the realism of the show because. Remember how they they kidnapped Harry Cox and and uh, they had him held hostage? Well, they have him tied up, and Poots and Stank are freestyling, and it's like, oh god, that is torture. I mean, that's against the Geneva Convention <laughs> to tie somebody down and force to listen to twisted freestyle. That's uh that's pretty fucking heinous crime. Not so good. Moving on, uh, wrestling ring. Now there's just a wrestling ring. I wrote, oh great, wrestling. <laughs> right. So I thought, all right, they're going to wrestle. But no, Mick Foley climbs in the ring because I guess no. he was, we b- budgeted one day for Mick Foley. <laughs> uh, I, his name is Cactus Sack. Cactus Sack. Because they can't resist the whole joke. No. <laughs> Cactus Sack climbs in the ring, basically kicks the shit out of Sugar Bear, but then gets, ends up getting stabbed in the heart for what he says is the second time this week. This scene is amazing because you, not only do you have visible breath from it being so cold, but there's visible camera crew on the side of the ring and there's visible <laughs> the tracks that the camera had to go on outside the ring. You can see all of this shit. <laughs> seamless, seamless stuff. Uh, but now Big Baby Sweets does climb in the ring. There's another self-referential bit where they murder their producer. Oh, the, we also saw the director come on yep. at some point. So, yeah. But this was the one good outcome of this movie. They murder the producer of ICP Music. I heard they didn't really murder him. and that it was Oh, crazy. then fuck! Movie magic. Just movie magic come to life. Um, he says, once more, nothing comes between me and my motherfucking money. Mm-hmm. But then he is shot. What? Who's playing? Boom. Shot again. Boom, boom, boom. He dies. And who is it? Who is it? It's the old woman that he shook down from the very His first mom. scene. Where we meet Big Baby Sweets. And she says, because, again, that's the idiom of this movie, is like there's nothing funnier than an old woman screaming some profanity. So she says, you broke bitch ass motherfucker. It's, she can pay the rent this week. Grandma. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> So they're wheeling Big Baby Sweets out. They got to find out who it is. So they wipe off his makeup and who it is. It was Harry Cox the entire time, which is just nonsense, of course. Yeah, but (laughs) I don't know if this was intentional. After they figure out it's it's Harry Cox all the time, they cut back to it's like, oh, yeah, this thing started with a funeral with the voiceover. And Shaggy 2 Dope is now narrating again. Sugar Bear is now narrating again. (laughs) And he calls him Big Baby Cox. I'm like, can you say that? that <laughs> it feels like that's you should go on the Megan's Law just for saying that phrase. <laughs> yeah, we go back to the funeral, but wait a minute, who's up there preaching? Why it's Poots and Stank, and mm. out of the coffin pops Big Baby Sweet with two guns, and they just start shooting up the place over the clothing. <laughs> the, the whole ending is just shooting guns. And a handful of extras getting wasted as well. Yeah. Um, and that's how it ends. No, wait. That's not how it ends because we are treated to several minutes of bloopers and outtakes. Always the last refuge of the unfunny comedy. And these bloopers and outtakes, spoiler alert, are not funny. 
<laughs> Quirky, that's the end of the movie. That's it. We survived it. We survived big money hustlers. Any final thoughts before we give our ratings? Uh, I'm, I'm blown away that the ICP, that this movie can buy alcohol legally. This movie existed in a pre-9-11 world. And I like, <laughs> I like to think kind of contributed. We can never know for sure what you like to think. That. I'm getting all political on this. We're just breaking it all down. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, let's just write everyone about our ratings. Run-of-the-mill bad film, Dare. Next level bad, Double Dare. Movie we actually like, Reverse Dare. Corky, let's give a rating to Big Money Hustlers. What do you got? I got a Double Dare. I Dublin that Dare. I did laugh. You know, I did laugh at a bunch of points. But the 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 dragging scenes drag so fucking hard. And I... You... You... I think you quibbled a little bit by earlier by saying you're not going to parse intent when you did say several times, like, they know this is bullshit or they know what they're doing. I don't think they do. I think they're just insipid, uh, vapid people and uh, make crass stuff. Although, I'll, I'll, I'm sorry, I did compliment them earlier and say that they do good work. So maybe they're not crass, insipid people. But what they put out, man, it just wasn't good enough. If they could have, tri- if they could have trimmed a lot from this ninety-seven minute movie, I would maybe I would have liked it a little better. But, yeah, fair uh, enough. Okay, one last thing I yep. should have said it earlier: the scene where they go and meet all the bad guys that f- reminded me of New Mutants. How we just had to kind of get through everybody's <laughs> introduction to backstory, <laughs> and it took about the same amount of time. <laughs> but it got them all over with in one scene. There's a self-awareness to the, just to the point that I think they they know what their shtick is. They know who they are. They know who their fans are. And they definitely are not taking themselves seriously. That's what I was sort of afraid of, honestly, coming in. Oh, like, right. There's going to be some kind of like clown people who are like really into this and really are like really take it seriously. I got and you. I was kind of like, this is just a parody movie. End of the day. This is just a gross out horny boy sure. parody type of a movie. They understand it in some sense. I'm not going to give them any credit for it being quality because it is not. It is very unquality. The few moments that I laughed were just at, wow, that is so dumb. Or I don't know. I always kind of get a kick out of Harlan Williams and his. Um, Do you? His, his oh, can't take him. In small doses, I, I think it's rather amusing. But uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, I am going to go with a dare. <clears throat> I did not hate this movie. Certainly did not love this movie. I will say I liked it better than pretty much every movie we've reviewed over the last several weeks. It's better than New Mutants. I liked it better than Ava, Hercules in New York. Ooh, uh, I liked it better words. than Runaway. Um, I don't know. I uh, Again, all of those movies take themselves dreadfully, dreadfully seriously. I guess except for Hercules in New York. That's I would I mean. say it's for me it's in the middle. Hercules in New York I actually liked. And then there's Runaway. And then there's uh, this, and then there's New Mutants, and there's Ava's like way down at the bottom. Let <laughs> me well, mention it. Um, bring it up with management. Yeah, it's a good point because I did kind of know what to expect with them. I I kind of knew their humor a little bit, and I knew how they don't take themselves very seriously. Or I mean, I knew that they were big in wrestling and shit like that. So it's yeah, like yeah, they yeah. they obviously like fucking around. Absolutely, um, can't take yourself too seriously. If you're yeah, exactly. So, so uh, one I, maybe that did kind of shape my yeah. It, it definitely shaped mine. Just having such a uh, low expectations. But we got one dare. We got one double dare for big money 
Hustlers. That is all we have for you this week on Dare Daniel Podcast. But we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares. Please keep sending them our way. We need them. We need them like, uh, I don't know, like like Big Baby Sweets needs his motherfucking money. <laughs> nice. Until then, until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com. And be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, a.k.a. The Schmied. Like and rate us on all your favorite podcast apps. Read more of my movie reviews on the Dare Daniel website at daredaniel.com. Corky, I failed to point out that you did this entire show in full Insane Clown Posse makeup. And thank you oh, for yeah. that level of dedication. I mean, this is where I'm kind of like, why isn't this a video podcast? Uh well, I, and I haven't shared it, but since I've been on this medication, it's 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 less of an insane clown. Oh, okay. It's more of a meditative, you know, kind of introspective, still not socially adjusted clown. I get and that. And I have no posse. No posse at no. all. Just a lonely, sad clown. <laughs> just as, just, <laughs> just the image you used to see at night. Remember when the TV stations would go off and there's <laughs> a sad clown sitting there next to a TV? <laughs> Did you, did you never see that one? I, it used to no. scare me, kind of. That is scary. It I'm is. Like, What's that clown going to do that? He can't watch TV. He's going to have to go out. <laughs> Why does he go to bed? It's go to bed, clown. Take go to bed, makeup. clown. Why? You got a big day tomorrow getting out of a car. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, where will you be performing? Hey. If you're performing, are you performing? Live shows are back on again at the Woo! Sacramento Comedy Spot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on out Saturday night. See me with Anti Cooperation League. Um, we're socially distanced. We're in disco headphones, so it's all safe. But come out and see some good live comedy. Support live comedy, local comedy, all that kind of good stuff. And I also want to say uh, we're aware that the sound kind of was off a little bit tonight. Uh, that is a one-time issue. We will have it rectified next time for you. Somehow, it's always during reviews of movies that have. <laughs> Abysmal production values. It's like (laughs) Love on a Leash. (laughs) What was the other one? Hercules. What was one other one we did recently that? I forget. But and also in this movie, we didn't say it, but I mean, it looks like it was filmed on a camcorder, like in 1992. Yeah, it 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 looks awful. It sounds awful. There is just this like this music going through that I'm assuming is like insane clown posse beats. Sounds awful. Yes. It it really just sounds like a really heavily watered down grave diggers kind of thing. Ooh. Like the, the really spare uh, piano loops and and spare mm-hmm. kind of uh, beats and stuff, but obviously not um, good or clever or any hooks. Everybody, go out and get six feet deep right now. Support the grave diggers. If one good thing comes out of this, reply, and we'll know you're a real fan of the show too because you've made it this far. Reply on social media that uh, with a grave dig, your favorite grave dig is lyric or song. If you're a true Dare Daniel fan, God, I love that album. Six feet deep is such a good album. It's good stuff. I'm just trying okay. to help people. Anyway, we should wrap this up. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes, and I'm Corky McDonald's, and. Uh, <laughs> Big baby cocks. <laughs> nice. All right. See you, everybody. Bye bye.